ready to take a massive break. <laughs> I think that's a massively great idea. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. See okay. you in February. <laughs> I keep having intrusive thoughts about like me choking on this boba mid podcast. Well, don't choke. Yeah. Think about swallowing. Anyways, welcome back to the Booked and Boozy podcast. This is your co-host Jada. And Brooke. And welcome to our last episode of 2021. 2021? I can't even fucking talk. 2021 was a fucking bitch. I think it was worse than 2020. Um, I disagree because I had my ribs cracked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that's that's definitely understandable. (laughs) Uh, But 2021 wasn't great. (laughs) Yeah, no. I mean, it sucks. Like, we still got COVID out here. I wonder if, like, we, like, listen back to these episodes, like, when we're fucking old as hell and we're like, Oh, yeah, that killed, like, half the population. (laughs) I was going to say, oh, the nostalgia of stay at home. (laughs) You're like, slaughtered half the population. Oh, my God. Yeah. What if we're, like, still fucking wearing masks and we're, like, 80? You know how horrible that I make it to 80 in the middle of a pandemic that lasts that long. I don't know. <laughs> Not with my body. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> Homegirl got 30 years of life. <laughs> <laughs> and that's generous. <laughs> no, I feel like it's going to be like, like, I keep thinking 76. That's my number. Yeah. It just like kept coming. Like I heard 76, 76. But I think you're freshly 76 because I heard a 75 into those 10 76s. Damn. <laughs> you can take it as Bible and now like count down your life. <laughs> yeah, I would have rather not known, but thanks. <laughs> I'm sorry I was receiving a message from the universe. <laughs> yeah, I feel like inspired now. I feel like I'm going to die early as fuck. Who do you think is going to die first, me or you? I feel like it's going to be me. I don't know. It depends on if my body craps out or not. Okay. If my body craps out, it'll be me. If not, I could see you getting into like an accident or something. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Not to be (laughs) morbid, but sometimes I think like, you ever wake up in the morning and you're like, I have one less day on this earth. Because I've been thinking that a lot lately, not in like the sense of like, can't wait to die. It's like, oh shit, life is just passing me by. This year went by really freaking fast. Yeah, it did. It still feels like we just started this podcast kind of too. And we've been going for a year and a half. Fucking wild. Do you regret not doing an anniversary episode? Because I do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We like missed our anniversary too. Like we didn't even know that it had come on. Just freaking jaded things. Okay, welcome. <laughs> you know Ash. <laughs> talked about death for like five minutes. We talked about death more than Sarah J. Mass. Thank you, Ash. 
Kingdom of Ash Part 2 featuring Where is the Death? <laughs> Where's the Death? <laughs> One less day on this earth. <laughs> Hashtag COVID. <laughs> Hashtag get your fucking vaccine. Jada, why are you or why are you not drinking this week? What if I'm going to die? Why would you die right now? Yes, <laughs> having those visions of me choking on fucking boba. Now I'm like scared. Okay. Today I am not drinking. <laughs> Just <laughs> today I'm not drinking various amounts of alcohol. I am drinking coffee boba and off to the side. I may or may not have skinny girl vodka, a.k.a. Mio, thrown in your water, and then you just add a little splash of body, okay? May or may not have that on the board. Brooke, what are you drinking? So this weekend uh, for Christmas, I made a, like, a spiked hot chocolate, and it was really, really good. Um, It's actually melted down Hershey's chocolate bars, Added in milk and then put some rum in there. And if you get the ratio just perfect, it's actually really good. So yeah. Um, Why? (laughs) Because I came home, I look on my kitchen island and I see the words sex socks. What? And so I carry the package downstairs to Brad and I said, what the fuck is this? Apparently his friend had sent him for Christmas. They're called sex socks. They actually have a different name. Hold on. Are you sure it was his friend? (laughs) They're also called clap cleats. Clap cleats. Clap cleats. They look like this. This is what the website says. We are the original sex socks. Never let anyone tell you differently. We are trademarketed as such in developing this concept of increased grip and traction footwear specifically to improve sexual performances. Wait, <laughs> let me see it. it. It's just it's just a different kind of grippy sock. Oh my god. It's just a grippy sock. It literally is a grippy sock. I probably shouldn't go around being like, oh my god, I'm so grippy sock right now, like to everyone I fucking know, because they're gonna be like, clap cleats? <laughs> Yeah, the people who have the clap cleats are just going to think you're horny. Ew. <laughs> nah, it's just mental illness. So yeah, um, I thought my husband had bought sex socks. I mean, I guess technically the jury's still out. I think he did. I think he did buy them himself. <laughs> I only I say that. So much. <laughs> I only say that because I can just like, see it vividly playing out in my head like he was like what can I do to just take it to the next level went right past sex toys <laughs> straight for sex socks and then when you found the package and you went downstairs and you were like what the fuck is this bullshit like who the fuck would whatever he was like me fucker <laughs> The best part is, though, like, if that's true, the best part is, though, he's, like, trying to play it off. Because he slipped it into his brother's Christmas present. And he's just trying to bum it off on someone else. Like, ooh, abort. Abort mission. He's like, I ain't gonna wear, I can't wear these now. She done (laughs) killed my confidence level. 
Did it? Did you say why you're drinking? No, I didn't say why I was drinking. Now that I think I've, I don't really have a reason to be drinking right now. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like dark outside where I live, and like normally there's like lots of light and sunshine. So when I looked outside and like there was dark clouds and it was windy, I was like, "It's a beautiful day to be alive." <laughs> Dark contrast from last week. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad to hear it. Okay, so for the poll, I asked, we've said this for how many books now? We just did not know what the fuck to ask anymore. So I ended up asking, who do you think will cry more at the end of Kingdom of Ash? Uh, You guys were pretty indecisive. And I'm really interested to see actually... um, what the actual results are. So 53% of you guys said me and 47% said Jada. Jada, did you cry in this book? I did not even shed a tear. I should probably get negative bonus points in the first half because I was so dehydrated from being hungover that I could not produce a tear even if I wanted to. But I think at the last half of this book, I literally was like I was like Gordon Ramsay in Hell's Kitchen saying fuck off like literally every five seconds so I retracted any tears that I could have possibly shed (laughs) in the last 50% of this book Uh, So for this poll I actually did cry so you guys were right only by what is that six percent I only cried during chapter 89 when Abraxos mate died and then the 13 used the fielding. I was mostly upset about Abraxos mate being gone though. Like, cause we heavily foreshadowed the 13 just suicide bombing themselves. So that didn't really come as a surprise, but I was really sad for Abraxos. I don't know, but remember how last episode we were talking about how like, what if Abraxos loses his mate so we weren't like too far off that one either yeah I just I don't think I expected that to happen as much as I did yeah 13 going out because honestly Abraxas mate dying was kind of bullshit because she just like slammed into the tower but that didn't do anything to the tower she could have just like dropped astronaut and just veered back to Abraxas yeah it was kind of bullshit it was bullshit it was kind of like last second, she was like, I need more depth. So I'm just going to introduce this character and then kill her off instead of actually kill Abraxas. I'm going to ram her into a wall and the wall not even break. Yeah. I was pissed. But yeah, so, and that was on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and get into it, guys. This is the last time we're going to be doing this. Jada, how you feel? I feel great. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, wait till you start Zodiac Academy. I think you'll be wishing to go back to Sarah J. Mass. Really? Don't say that. I, I read. Hold on. Like, don't you fucking dare. Don't fuck with me right now. I read the phrase. I just need to read this to you. Mm-mm. Holy fucking shit on a cornflake.
fucking funny. <laughs> I feel like our Ice Planet Bar- I feel like our Ice Planet Barbarian episodes did really well. And they were really fun, despite how fucking crazy it was. But we went in with the right expectations, right? Yeah, yeah, we did. I feel like this is going to be like that. So basically, you should just listen and read along just so you can kind of like feel feel the vibe. Because I feel like it's going to be good. I feel like it's going to be good. Honestly, like if we end up hating it, we always have Ice Planet Barbarians as a backup plan for a long series. Just all year long. (laughs) Now it's like nostalgic. It kind of is. (laughs) <laughs> Bechtel, where you be? Okay, <laughs> all right. Okay, let's can, get into this. You can start now. <laughs> I almost coughed up my lung for a sec. Don't <laughs> cough on your bobo pops. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Fuck, man. <laughs> Chapter fifty-seven. Aelin and the hot people crew help out during the war to protect Kale's little hometown. Honestly, this kind of pissed me off. Like, I was actually really mad at Aelin because she let a lot of motherfucking people die to save her fire for Maeve, quote, and send a message about how powerful she is. She was like, let's just fight using our hands and we'll use the fire as a last resort. People are like falling off the gates, dying, being impaled. And she didn't even have fire at the end anyway. No, she didn't. Yeah. You're right. So anyways, they're fighting in this war when they notice the Valgar trying to burst down the dam and flood the battlefield and the city. Well, Lorcan didn't know that. And he's also going a little grippy sock because Aline basically told him to fuck off. And he said, kill myself? <laughs> Anything for you? That's what you call a bi-king right there. <laughs> oh, Evo! So emo. <laughs> uh, so Lorcan lets his shields down and stops fighting with magic and ends up going down. The battle ends and they have won. Everyone's trying to get the townspeople and the soldiers up on top of the gate so they don't drown. And the lead is like, where the fuck is Lorcan? And no one fucking even bothered to notice that he wasn't there. That was kind of sad. Not only that, but like, this is probably one of my favorite scenes in the book because she really like triumphs here. And just, like, the fact that none of them were willing to, like, go out there. None of them. And none then, of like, them. One human besides Kale. No magic. Like, a like a broken foot. That kind of pissed me off a lot. I was like, y'all fake as fuck. He I mean, I get why Fenris. a little, you know. <laughs> I get why Fenris didn't go. But, like, no one else. Not even Gabriel. Which I is think Gabriel was busy, right? Or did he also... I can't remember where, where he was in this moment. I'm not sure. So she steals Kale's horse and runs around the battlefield looking for Lorcan. Lorcan. <laughs> Lorcan. Meanwhile, the dam is about to blow. I will always find you, she said over and over and over. They had moments before the dam was to give away and she found him. He literally had one foot in the stirrup and one in the grave. They weren't going to make it. All hope was lost when out of nowhere... Aelin appears, standing in front of the rushing water, (laughs) Moses style, blasting the power she stored for three months to evaporate the flood and save not only Elite and Lorcan, but the town and the people who could not make it to the gates. 
she did wait to the last fucking second though she was like mm, should i do it i don't know she also was like i think going through some ptsd with fire but she didn't make that as big of a deal in the book as she did like i can't believe i used that fire for me it like i used it up and it was for me like i was supposed to save it blah 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 she even like kept going on about it like after it happened I was like, bitch, you saved thousands of people. What the fuck are you talking about? I know, right? I was not impressed. I mean, I thought it was cool, but I was also kind of like, I can't give you brownie points, you fucking bitch. Yeah, for real. (laughs) And then I wrote here, and this is where I have to apologize for saying a lead was a damsel in distress. Thank you. But she kind of was until this moment. She She was kind of a bargaining chip. I feel like she was just trying to outsmart the situation at all times. I don't think that that means she's a damsel in distress. That part is not what I'm referring to. I think she's very cognizant and aware and manipulative and like a lot of good things. She's very insightful and can read the room. But it wasn't touched on enough, I feel like, for her character. And that's not Elite's fault. I feel like she could have been written more badass with the amount of I don't know what word I'm trying to use but just how she can outsmart people like I feel like it could have been written better and I feel like she could have had more scenes because she had more scenes where I felt like she was the bargaining chip than I felt like wow a lead what a boss ass bitch and I wanted to feel that for her I knew she had the potential it just wasn't utilized in the way that it could have been I think she honestly makes better plans and makes better plans than Aelin that like last one ahead and like in being a step ahead honestly them together you know if Aelin would have just let her in the loop chapter 62 Manon and Dorian fuck before he leaves her to fly to morass she asks him to stay and implies that they get married but Dorian knows she would feel tied down being married to a man so he sneaks off the next morning to go find the keys chapter 63 Adion is still fighting for his goddamn life <laughs> Adion <laughs> Adia and Lysandra are doing a lot of fucking work for these hoes. They are. <laughs> like literally the entire time, like even the first scene with Adion, like he is running for his life. Like it's the Hunger Games. <laughs> and Rolf and the Mycenaeans show up with fire lances. Also, I'm really disappointed that the Mycenaeans are not mermaids because I definitely thought they were. I thought they were going to be of like mermaid lineage because they painted him to be like a pirate. I thought it was going to be really cool. By the way, if you would be interested in a storyline like that, To Kill a Kingdom is a very good book to read for that. And also they talked about how the Mycenaeans wouldn't come back unless like the water dragons came back. And I was like, well, how the fuck would they know the water dragons came back unless they were mermaids? Yeah. Also, I would have loved to have seen a water dragon. I know Lysandra was one, but... They did the um, in Empire Storms. Yeah, but it was Lysandra. <laughs> yeah, but there are some bad ones. Oh, yeah. Um, have you ever seen Dragon Tales? Yes. I imagined all of those little tiny baby sea dragons like Dragon Tales. Which one? The purple one. Ah. It was Wheezy. <laughs> the purple one with the yeah. twin? Wheezy. Yeah. Okay, I have here chapter 64. There's an Alekan almost sex scene. I can't remember what happens in the almost sex scene, but they don't do it, obviously. 
<laughs> I think they like oh I think they like make up here and then she's like looking at him all like seductive but he's like hurt and he obviously can't do anything he can't oh my god it was a feet thing no that's when they have sex the feet thing was when Listen, they SJ that's t- that's strike two baby that's only two no 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 like <laughs> Her potential for like foot fetish, the strike two. Wait, where else do we have feet? Can't say. Oh fuck! (laughs) (laughs) I have to read it again. No, it's not in this book. No, I know it's in a book we're gonna read in a few weeks. (laughs) It's way more apparent in the next book. I thought you were talking about strike one. She was having sex with her cousin, strike two. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, I think there's like some feet suckling or like. (laughs) City? (laughs) I'll fucking kill myself. (laughs) I don't know. The way I remember it, it was just like, let me get them toes, girl. I was like, what? Also, if you don't follow us on Instagram, we did announce that we are going to be doing Crescent City in 2022. So stay tuned. Chapter 65, Manon rallies all the Croatians to fight in the north with her. Chapter 66, we find out that Aelin has also sent a message to Maeve's army telling them that she's a Valg. Of course, when she sent this message, it had been a bluff, not knowing that it was actually true. Then they decide which route to take to Orinth. I don't know, this part kind of got confusing to me, but basically they get the white fangs on their side in the process. They like stronghold kills dad, which was a pretty great scene. And his dad tries to counter offer with a trunk of letters from his mom that he never sent out to Kale. But Kale refuses knowing it's not worth the sacrifice to the world. Also, have I ever mentioned that I thought Rowan was going to be one of the white fang men? No, you didn't. So... Before we even ever like started the series and then we like started the first book, I think they mentioned the White Fang men like at the very beginning. And I was like, oh, that's totally where Rowan's going to come from. Like wild men from a cold place. I thought they were going to be like the Fae in hiding because at the beginning of the book, like magic was outlawed and the Fae were in hiding. And I was like, oh, he's totally one of the White Fang men coming from that tribe. That is, that would have been great. It had potential. It did. It did. Like pine and snow. I was like, he's totally a mountain man. <laughs> and then he has like the white hair. Yeah. You know? It just made sense. It did. And then like, I thought, he, I thought he'd be like a wolf or something. So the bird thing, like. Well, also another thing, and we didn't see this in Akatar, Not that I remember, but Rowan has like some vamp tendencies. Yeah. Him yeah. and biting each other and like the blood thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's something we will see or if that's just not something that. I wonder why she didn't put it in Akatar because they're from the same world. I don't think they're from the same world. I think they're from I well, think the same universe. Same universe. Is there anything that's kind of like. He's also the only Fae that I remember in that book doing that. Like Lorcan didn't have any of those thoughts. Yeah, but they also all took the blood oath. But blood oath is different than him, like, oh, yeah, 
It was never sexual for anyone else. Yeah. Except maybe Adion. He was he was real pissed when he didn't get the blood out. <laughs> I think Adion's into a lot of things, so. <laughs> All right, part two, Gods and Gates. Daddy Dorian's part was literally one of the best in the book, in my opinion. When he's in the castle with May. Yeah. There were things that I liked and things that I really didn't like. Well, but it was cool. There were some problematic things. I skipped over that purposefully, but like the way that it ended, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So basically, Dorian sneaks into Morath, shape-shifting along the way when he finds Maeve in Erwin's conference room. But Maeve discovers him and offers him an alliance, which he pretends to take. Basically, a plan for them to destroy Erwin from the inside, and once everything was over, Maeve would become his queen. She would help him get the last key, and then he would make her his bride. I'm not gonna lie. After everything they went through together, Morath, Maeve kind of got me. Like, I really thought she was going to turn good. Really? Yeah, I, I'm i just gullible, I guess. She got me. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm going to keep most of my thoughts for the discussion, but I really hated the storyline where, oh, we'll get married at the end. Like, I knew it wasn't going to happen, but it just kind of pissed me off. Oh, no, I hated it. And I was so mad because I thought it was real because I had fallen for it. And I thought it was real. And I thought he was just going to abandon Manon and get with Maeve. And I was like, wait, he like believes her, but I also kind of believe her. And this might be a good move. I don't know. I really liked, I really, really, really liked the idea of Maeve and Erwin having a villain romance. And then it died so quickly. There was like a (laughs) flicker. (laughs) (laughs) Things happened. All right. (laughs) Eventually, he ends up finding the key and tricking Maeve. He basically, since the beginning of their alliance, used his raw magic to mold what she was able to see within his mind, letting her think that he trusted her, and then took away her ability to walk through worlds. Finally, on top of it all, he finishes what Caltaine started by destroying all of Morath as he flew away as a reverne with all three word keys. She! She! The Farian gap was empty, a.k.a. they were beating the shit out of Aeon. <laughs> He's such a punching bag, this book. It's crazy. I mean, he kind of deserves after what he did to Lysandra, but even in the beginning. <laughs> I couldn't help but laugh. I really couldn't. Meanwhile, Kale and Gavriel have this cute father-son moment. I'm still pissed about how this ended. Hello, fucking L and another hundred thousand soldiers show up. <laughs> fucking 80 on getting his shit rocked. This whole book and I'm just laughing. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. And it's not even because I don't like 80 on. I don't think he deserves this. It's a massive amount of shit luck he has for like 900. <laughs> <laughs> has me rolling. Um, the hot people crew finally leads uncle at the fairing gap. Apparently after he'd been banished from Morath for asking too many questions. <laughs> LOL at Dorian. LOL at Poppy. Yeah, but remember when Dorian shapeshifted into Baron and went and asked Erwin a bunch of questions? Yeah. <laughs> That's why Baron is there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I didn't mean that. <laughs> 
He was like, yeah, apparently I asked too many questions. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I didn't make that connection. So they torture him and then they have a drink with him, question mark, and learn that all the iron teeth were that were here flew north to Teresin, Teresin, whatever. And Aelin is like, oh, got to go. Elite is like, I don't give a fuck what you do with him. And so they leave him chained to the wall and lock him within a cave to die alone as they continue north. That was bullshit. Uh, I thought it was a good ending. No, I wanted, I wanted her to go through with the kill. But if you think about it, she kind of did to him what he did to her. Like he locked her away in a tower and left her broken. I just really wanted to see in my head. Lorcan holding this man down while she slaughters him. Okay, yeah, I can see why you're upset. <laughs> <laughs> that was gonna just that was gonna do me in. Could have gave this book an extra star <laughs> alone. Even considering everything else that happened, if I would have gotten that extra star, bitch. Murder. Extra star. <laughs> <laughs> Adion and Evangeline have this cute little moment. And then the next day on the battlefield, Manon, the 13, and the Croatians show up. 5,000 of them. Iron Teeth were too stunned to speak. Page 699, Lysandra says, fight today, fuck tomorrow. It was literally like a quote. Hold on. This is so fucking funny because we had that whole debate. Lysandra's face heated as she pulled back, yielding a step. She was a trained courtesan, gods above. Highly trained, and yet the simple request reduced her knees to wobbling. She mastered herself, squaring her shoulders. If you don't die tomorrow, Adion, then we'll talk and see what comes of it. Adion's wolfish grin didn't so much as falter. Until tomorrow night, then. (laughs) So Lysandra walked from the hall until tomorrow. (laughs) Lysandra, bitch, is fuck today. Fight tomorrow. Well, she said fight today, fuck tomorrow. (laughs) Honestly, we need to make that a poll. But it's okay because Alita and Lorcan say fuck today, fight tomorrow. Yeah. Later. Queens, kings. What'd you say? We need to make that a poll. Which half of, like, I want to know what percentage of our audience is like, no, we fucking today. (laughs) 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 Oh, fuck. Lysandra is a water dragon again, swimming under the ice and attacking when she least, when they least expected it. Like how fucking sick. I love it it when she's the water dragon. But the fire lances were running out. Witches were falling from the skies. They were still outnumbered. They were still failing. Adion goes up against a Valg prince and gets stabbed in the armpit before Ren killed the prince. And Adion blacks out like Jada did last weekend. It's been out for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here we go. Elite and Lorcan say fuck today, fight tomorrow. And then I have Jada, would you like to cover their sex scene? Um, Do you want me to? If you want to, you don't have to. I have not prepared for this uh, eulogy. Um, They start off their sex scene as a lead waved him off, yanking away her boots, then her socks, and says, Urene is pregnant. (laughs) What a great starting point. Lorcan thought his eyes dark, his voice gruff. Urene, yes. Human, yes. Sperm. Pregnant, yes. Elide fished the tin of her salve from her pocket. It was eucalyptus, pungent herb 
layer of lavender rosemary. It was opaque. Now I need you to put this on my foot. <laughs> Don't be shy now. Get in I need there. You to cream my foot and no, not like that. Just like one finger through through the toes. <laughs> At all times. Keep, keep rubbing that ankle simultaneously. <laughs> really get in there. They had not shared a bed. Not when these cots were too small. Listen, if you've got a man that tall, tree length, there is no excuse. You have walls. But they shared his tent not too long ago. But it was never a bed. Sidestep. The the foot throbbing wasn't enough. We had to soak. (laughs) (laughs) In the tub, Lorcan slowly took one finger like Ariana Grande when she's like circling the worlds and the clouds. And it's like, let me make it warm for you. (laughs) He flared on her cheeks, dark mischief in his eyes. Lorcan's only answer was to repeat the motion. (laughs) That half smile made her toes curl and he felt it. Because he was touching her feet. (laughs) Okay, God, this is so long. Ew, it gets worse. What are you doing? A breathless rush. You should soak that foot. Soak. (laughs) In general. Sexy. (laughs) You work too hard. I mean, I will work you hard. Not only that, while your bare feet are soaking in this Bucket making it as black as my magic. <laughs> Cause y'all nasty asses don't even have showers and then bunions from where you travel <laughs> through the forest for fucking weeks. Barefoot before him. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> A lead peered into his granite face, shrugged out of her cloak. Then jacket, Lorgan's throat bobbed, eyes never leaving the floor. <laughs> really rubbing it in here. <laughs> She's really soaking it in. Soak. <laughs> you know what soaking is? Yeah, it's like when you leave your foot in water. Soak. <laughs> no. What the fuck are you talking about? So... That is what soaking is. That's a dedicated friend. <laughs> I don't think you even got to their sex. You took her shirt off. Well, it faded to black. So not long after this, he was like, it's a dangerous time for a bath. And she was like, show me what to do. And he was like, you're doing just fine. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going right. to make fun of it. <laughs> Can't make fun of it anymore. <laughs> I love how like you were so innocent and you were like of course (laughs) you put your feet in there (laughs) essence all bad Last 
goddamn point. Let's get there. Okay. <laughs> okay. As they are making their way towards Indivere, a large shadow casts over the hot people crew. A wyvern. A wyvern flaring fire and ice. She knew that wyvern. With a flash, Dorian appeared before them and lifted a hand, his face grave as death, even as his eyes widened at that sight of her. But Aelin sensed it then, what Dorian carried. The word keys. All three of them. It's Brittany, bitch. <laughs> Holy fucking shit balls. Fuck, man. Welcome to our final countdown for Kingdom of Ash 2021. Let's fuck it up. <laughs> Chapter 88. It was a Valg takeover. Aeon was injured. The crotchin and the iron teeth. The crotchin and the iron teeth thinned. Lysandra was bleeding to death like she always does for these fucking ungrateful hoes, and Abraxas took the fucking hit. But that's okay. His mate's gonna die later. <laughs> it was Iskra's revenge as her Ravern took a bite out of him, like he was a McChicky nugget that had a soft crunch because it had been left out for days and you were hungry. Manon shouted to the wind that she loved Abraxas. As she prepared to make the leap, which I'm sad didn't really happen. Moving on. But another force ripped him from the jaws of fate. Petra motherfucking blue blood. When the pimps in the crib, ma, drop it like a saw, drop it like a saw, drop it like a saw. When Iska's trying to get at you, drop it like a saw, drop it like a saw, drop it like a Scott, drop it like a saw. When that bitch get an attitude, drop it like a saw. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. I got a witch on my burn and I'm pouring Sean Dawn. And I roll the best week because I got it going on. That's what happened. I have a point to make here real quick before we move on. Go ahead. If you can see, I have. Discuss. 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 So I was really actually mad. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually pretty mad at Manon. Because she was like, like, Abraxas is sitting here like a whole fucking chunk out of his neck, right? And then the book just goes on to say, Manon knew that Abraxas was hurt and dying, but could not remove her eyes from the scene of Iskra and Petra. And I was like, fuck you, bitch. If that were Blue sitting there with a chunk out of his neck, and I knew he was dying, and I was just watching shit happen while he was actively dying, also, like, carrying me while he's dying, that's a bitch. Who would be wailing? Yeah, that's a bitch move. Like, go help yeah. go your fucking rescue pup, bitch. Next, while well, everyone was having, like, a little wounded get-together, these witches be crazy. All of a sudden, it was 4th of July up in this bitch, as we predicted, as they just started yeeting themselves off into this conveniently placed large-as-fuck mirror. Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> How'd that get there? <laughs> Where'd they get the fucking mirror? <laughs> I don't understand. And if I didn't fucking call this as if there weren't enough yielding biatches on the other side of the battlefield, Astrid gives Manon the motherfucking salute of goodbye. It says, live. <laughs> 
can't whistle. <laughs> Salute the host. The 13 became one as they destroyed the tower. They were blown to smithereens along with the last thing that gave my left toe some feeling at the end of this book. Far away, across snow-covered mountains, a flower began to bloom in the ruins of her city, the wastes. And what a waste that all of them died before they could even get there. (laughs) A better world. If no one else than fucking Abraxas mate. (laughs) Biggest fucking waste. Dorian had once again reunited with the hot people crew, but the noise was drowned out by the man seated above the horse with possession as Kale Westfall dismounted. I mean, dismounted. Kale was like, what wife? As he embraced his king. (laughs) (laughs) Dorian's voice was stripped raw, quote, as Kale motioned to her, the woman responsible for this. Kale could have sworn a flicker of sorrow darkened Dorian, quote, but he thanked her anyway. This could have been so epically gay, and I'm not sorry that I keep bringing it up. (laughs) Honorable mention in future chapters. Yurene ran her fingers through Kale's brown hair, and Dorian tried to fight the ache in his chest at the sight. There was like a literal quote from this same interaction where Dorian says something like, had Kale not been in the picture, Dorian could see himself marrying Yurene. I was like, what was that? I don't know. What is, I don't know. I don't know. They're going to be a quad- quadruple. Yeah. Manon and Dorian are probably swingers. Yeah, for sure. It reminds me of a pirate book I just read. Shout out Discord book club pirate hub what's up but instead we shift our focus to the act of parliament taking place a vote pissing contest who could be the most self-deprecating ruler dorian versus aelin rowan had never heard of anything so absurd democracy (laughs) (laughs) so we all know this vote is an absolute fucking waste of time because Aelin, despite demanding a vote, doesn't give a single fuck, clouds her own judgment and makes decisions even after she asks for other people's input. Why even ask? I don't think she actually gives a fuck. <laughs> Seriously. She knew in her mind that she was going to sacrifice herself at the end of the day. I think the vote was on... Was it not on when they were going to do it? Yeah, but you know she had it in her mind. Fuck the voting system. We are monarchs. Dorian gets your ass up. We go into Cranes. We're, we go into King's Crossing tonight. What's up, Harry Potter world? Get your, get your passes. But instead of meeting Dumbledore, we're meeting Nameless as your price. Which, by the way, how did Dorian... Not know his dad's name for 20 fucking years of his life. Solid. So fucking solid. (laughs) And what is his name, you ask? I love that you're covering this part. It's fucking Dorian. Like, do you remember when we were joking and singing about Dorian when he was possessed by the Valk and we're like, oh, Nana, what's my name? What's my name? (laughs) 
<gasps> oh my god like fucking shit we manifested this we manifested that like literally <laughs> what is your father's name dorian that's the fucking question was everyone laughing at us <laughs> no <laughs> i put like the little spider-man meme like down here like he's like my name's dorian and his dad's like no my name's dorian <laughs> I'm Dirty Dan. <laughs> That's a SpongeBob meme. I'm sorry. It's okay. I didn't get it. It's fine. Um. <laughs> so I'm Dirty Dan. Okay. Alan and Dorian, the real daddy, yeets little D from the server. Daddy D slits the resurrection stone in Alan's pocket. And he says, your parents are so very proud of you. Hold on. Let me repeat that. Your parents. <laughs> Your parents are so very proud of you, Harry. (laughs) (laughs) And leaves her to his fate. I mean, leaves her to fate. Elena got roasted and toasted. Mala checked out Aelin's sick tats. She was like, whoa, bro. Sick tats, man. Not gonna lie. (laughs) It was cute. Because it was like a map home to him. I was like, okay, yeah. Like, heart do something. Her heart lukewarm. <laughs> Aelin said, fuck your bitch. I'm a Leo. You not a god because I'm a god. And sent them through that hell portal. What's that? Since when could she do that? And how can she do it that well on the first try? I am a god. The Leo energy. She was god. She was a world walker. And she was falling faster than the speed of light to home. Shout out Crescent City. What's up? And after her skydiving adventure, we reach the point of no return. And Brooke and Jada's do not fucking go there list. She lost her powers. The bitches were too stunned to speak. (laughs) I put in our discord. It was like, ooh, yeah, big yikes. Y'all were probably watching us talk about how much we loathe the protagonist losing their magic trope and put the little gif of Michael Scott from the office. That's like, y'all bitches knew this was coming and you still were like, read this book. Oh, we trusted y'all. That is my least favorite magic trope of all time. All time. I agree. And Dorian lost his powers too. When he was becoming the fucking avatar. No, I'm pissed. Just, just, Just some of it. Not a ton, but he did lose some of it. I don't care. I fucking hate it. I was actually really disappointed because I would have thought in this book that would have been the last thing to happen to this character. Yeah, girl, I was not happy. We were not happy. I am so sorry, but not sorry for y'all because we was mad. (laughs) Now, somewhere in the middle of this, Adion and Lysandra, they reunite um, during the Hunger Games. Next, someone took shrooms again, and I don't know who, because the Lord of the North, which hello, Shadow and Bone, nice to see you in here. And Harry Potter. Welcome to Harry Potter Hunger Games. Frozen. Frozen. Game of Thrones. And Game of Thrones. Welcome. We're going to get you a seat right here, front row. And then arrived an army of little folk. What's up, the Winx Club? (laughs) Oh, 
Neshrin and Sartak can't even right now. They're so fucking traumatized at this point. Blood rained down on the battlefield as the hot people crew snorted fairy dust and rode on magical reindeer to their aid. The Padre used their magic wings club power <laughs> with a massive amount of fairy cocaine hammering through their system and rained death on the battlefield. In quotation, there was no sign of Gabriel. Fenris battled near Rowan's other side, lurking on his left, a dark, deadly wind lashing out in time with Lorcan's sword. <laughs> I was gagging. I was fucking gagging reading that line. Everyone, their silent magical parts of death. Someone, I think it was Melissa in our Discord. We had in our Discord someone send us, and I hope it is Melissa. If it's not, I'm so sorry. Of where there was just like black smoke, like swiveling across the sand. And she was like, This is what I wanted to believe Lorcan's magic was, but now all I see is farts. (laughs) He's. Fucking Shrek 2.0. <laughs> you can take a seat next to the Winx Club. Come on board. <laughs> it is like fan fiction between Lord Farquaad and Shrek. Except it's just a lead in Lorcan. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. The Western Gate on the brink of falling when a warrior ran towards the barricade, golden hair gleaming, Adion's father, Gabriel. Gabriel then gave the same hashtag Akawar death smile, my baby Zaddy, the bone carver, prior to his death. As we get the salute of death times two in less than 100 pages, as he says, close the gate, Adion. Left toe throbs slightly, pulse partially to life before it was stomped on by the mean girls, Katie Heron versus Regina George showdown, Aelin versus Maeve. I honestly cannot get through the lines where Maeve says there are no gods left and Aelin responds with, I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time retrieving this information. Actually, I must have blocked it out. Aelin and Maeve had a bitch fight while everyone else around them were dying. Super casual. The gals were working it out. Erwin, I mean, Aaron Samuels was like, listen, both these bitches are too crazy for me. I'm going to find drama someone somewhere else and bowed out. The Padres were just about to enter the chat when their cocaine frenzy peaked to the point they started to hallucinate. This part was sad. I really enjoyed Lorcan, the lead mate thing that happened. Where he was like on his knees and was like, I think you're my mate. Love that. I love being in Fenris's point of view for some reason. I really like that character. So I enjoyed that part too, but fuck the rest. Um, fuck the main characters. I like Fenris and Lorcan and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and once Aelin popped them some clonies, she stood in front of Maeve and said, I have no magic. But my mate does. I would rather risk rupturing my esophagus again than read that line one more time. I mean it. (laughs) I actually kind of liked how they came together here. I don't because it's like, oh, great. A man saving her. Man 
who has magic female who was super powerful does not yeah you're right it is kind of like he's saving her but I, I kind of like how they were almost like equals because he couldn't have done it without her and she couldn't have done it without him and at the end of the day he just ends up being a consort she ends up being the queen but yeah which... I would have rather her had her like full powers because I really again I feel like I'm getting cock blocked because I wanted to see an this epic showdown duel. yeah I yeah. wanted this like fantastic duel between these two really powerful female characters it was supposed to be harry potter versus voldemort and it was nothing close no it wasn't the padres came together under one united force after their downers kicked in using the force of their wings club magic to yeet miss mave into her own personal hell and fenris the scene where he goes sicko mode and does almost like a jump kill before they yeet her ass it does things in my mind i love it it reminds me of elaine though because he like stabs Maeve from the back. Remember, he does like the little portal jump, stabs her from the back. And then Aelin and Rowan finish her off. It's almost like when Alid, or not Alid, Elaine stabs, what's his name? Yeah. Nacor from the back and then Nesta finishes him off. Yeah. Same thing, different font, bitch. Here are my wrap up thoughts, aka the mushy gushy after like literally zero death. <laughs> Adion and Gabriel's dead body receiving the blood oath. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like that was a really sweet sentiment, but it was also hella creepy. <laughs> Loki hated it. Yeah, like can you just imagine like someone just like at a funeral is like traumatized? It's kind of traumatizing. Next thoughts, <laughs> Lord Lorcan Loken. Ah ha ha. Ah ha ha. I think uh-huh. we made this joke like earlier in the series too. We did, like, we, yeah. We just predicted everything, everything, and then more. And I wish the more. <laughs> I wish there had been more. My Pride and Prejudice moment. Now that has turned into Shrek and Lord Farquaad cosplay. <laughs> shattered at this moment along with the fact that he's giving up his fucking immortality here we go again i'm so weak as fuck right now like this was also so pharah and reese they made the same like bond pharah and reese did where they tie their lives together except lorcan has no fucking powers now he went from like a literal death god wait really daddy yeah what happened I think in order to tie his life with a lead, he had to give up his immortality. I hate it so much. Yeah. So they'll die together now. (laughs) Old ass Hafiza fucking made it. Our homegirl practically begged to die a couple times after she yeeted her chair at Duva. An easy kill, but she made it. Um, The interactions with Manon and Dorian after this was a tragedy. They were like, see you later. We're not going to talk about the bond. Uh, there, there was a human bond. There was a life bond for you. Nothing. These two characters got it the fucking worst too, out of anybody else in the series. And they still didn't get their happy ending. Not happy. I mean, technically they got a happy ending, but not together. Aelin's coronation. Have you seen rain? Of course. Okay, good. I'm just making sure. Top five favorite shows of all time. I know. Love it. 
Adeline Kane. Love her. Gorgeous, gorgeous girls. Like, oh, All around TikTok. my God. Yes. She's um, by queen. She is. Yeah. Her girlfriend, hot as fuck. She hot as fuck. But it's just like, wow, you're cool to me. <laughs> <laughs> somehow that sounded really arrogant (laughs) i don't think so okay well just know i don't mean it in an arrogant way i just think like super cool alan's coronation reminded me of rain if you haven't seen that show you need to go watch it because it was really pretty at the end like i imagined it very pretty Moving into the discussion. For my discussion, my first point, missing characters, Knox, the blue blood matron, Kale's dad, and Dorian's mom and brother. Also, like, Nahimi ain't coming back to say hi. Like, even Aelin's parents got their last words in. Nahimi's death was so bullshit, like, in the grand scheme of it all. Like, so bullshit. It really was, like, not necessary at all. Did not contribute no. to anything. Not well explained. Dorian technically saves Aelin from Endeavor twice. I kind of saw this part, like at the end of the book when they're in Endeavor and Aelin and Dorian are like, can we do this together? And Dorian's like, I can't believe I didn't think about that sooner. In a way, he's trying to save Aelin again. And in the first book, he's the one who pulled her out of Endeavor. So there, were, there was kind of this parallel that I picked up on and really liked it even though I hated how that scene played out. Next point, went downhill after they forged the lock. (laughs) The whole point of the series was to find those goddamn word keys, and it ended up being pointless. Just made everything fucking worse. Everyone right now, it's just like their mouths wide open, like (laughs) listening to us. (laughs) Listen, if you love this book, that is great. That is so great. It is okay if we have different opinions. Also, clearly, SJM put a lot of hard work and effort into this. We're not bashing her. No, we just wish it had turned out differently. We just wish, yeah. It's her story. And I still still really liked this series. um, And I still see it as a masterpiece. I would have done things differently, but it's not my story to tell. Next point, the Manon and Dorian ending. We kind of already touched on that. Like, what the fuck? I'm just so pissed about that. That's the main reason I want a novella because I just need to know. I need to know. I would read a novella about them. I would too. Or just like everybody living out their lives. Kind of like A Court of Frost and Starlight does where it's like a cute little holiday and everybody's just living their lives and you kind of see how everything turned out after the war and everybody being happy. Ooh, you know, I would love to have like a Sartak book because if you think about it, we don't, we still don't know that much about like the Kagans Mm. and like there would be a lot of angst and drama like if one of them wanted to rise up exploring new territory because they're kind of off like isolated in their own realm like across the sea it would be bomb it would be bomb I gotta be honest I don't know if I would read that because I'm not as attached to them I mean if it came out I would probably read it just because it's a continuation of the series but I would be more inclined to read some of the other side character stories, but I see where you're going with it. I mean, I think they have more of like a storyline, like a potential storyline than the others, you know? That's the only reason why. We still don't know, which it's kind of implied because Sartak's the good guy, right? But we still don't know if like, he's still going to carry on the tradition and kill all of his family members, all of his siblings. See, that would be so cool to read about. Yeah, I probably would read that. But again, I would prefer like Manon and Dorian or even like Kale and Yareen. 
Oh, God. Like everybody. I won't know everybody. If you have kale in your ring, babies. What if it's like 20 years in the future? You know it's not going to be like that. <laughs> okay, let's see. Where is the death? I was promised devastation. Uh, we predicted Gabrielle's death literally as Kale's dad in the last episode. I think I literally said the words, Kale's dad's going to jump out and just die. And then Kale is going to have to process that emotional trauma for the rest of his life. L fucking L ended up being Adion. I don't know. I always felt like it was going to be them. I mean, I thought they were going to die, but I thought they would have a moment. Like with the character that Gabriel was and how much sympathy Sarah J. Mass wrote for this character leading up to this moment, I thought we were going to get something really heartbreaking. Like, oh my God, I just kind of wanted him to like, maybe like go into more about like how he loved his mom. You know, I would have loved that. Even like if he had like died in his arms or something, just Mm -hmm. like, I think that dynamic needed closure, but yeah. Oh, well, sucks to suck, I guess, Adion. (laughs) It's not like you like literally were dealing with war for like a thousand pages. (laughs) You don't even get to say bye to your daddy. (laughs) I'm glad Fleetfoot and Abraxas made it because I really thought they weren't gonna. All of this supposedly happened in one year. Did you pick up on that? They talked about it a couple times. One year, like the span of when we started Throne of Glass to now. All of that. A long year. That is not realistic. I'm so sorry. I thought it was like five at least, but it is kind of cute. Cause if you think about it, if it did happen over a year, we started it technically when the story starts like in the same season and we're ending it in the same season in winter. So yeah. we kind of like went, we read the book as it progresses through the seasons of the year. And I think that's kind of cute. Yeah, that is cute. I like it. Okay. Here's my big theory. I think Reese descends from Maeve because we've been speculating that the Illyrians are Valg. Maeve is about her power is darkness and she can also like read minds and it talks about how she digs her like claws into people's minds in the exact same way that Rhysan does. So the only thing with that though unfortunately is that from the snippet that we had of Aelin when she fell from the worlds basically Farrah and Reese had already had their baby. You're right. But yeah. who's to say that she wasn't also jumping time as well? I don't think she was. I feel like all of that is just gone. Like all of our theories on like throwing up glass being first. I don't, it's, it's all gone. At the same time. I think Akatar is happening a little bit before throwing up glass because if Farrah already had her baby. But, but, but Maeve's been alive for thousands and thousands of years. Who's to say she didn't have a baby and send it into another world. She could walk worlds. Yeah, I understand. Maeve has so old. old as fuck and whatever. I just, I think. She didn't just like fuck an Ilkin. Well, I guess the Ilkin weren't there, but fuck something in Akatar in the Akatar world, when he, when she was world jumping, had a baby and left it there and then jumped back and she created the Illyrians. Yeah, I'm sure that's a possibility. But again, I don't think that's going to be true. I'm just like, so just like whatever about it. Because it's like, who's to even say anymore? We had all these theories that just went in the toilet. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. We got we got our hopes up too high. We were we were preparing for devastation. Yeah, I don't know how we got that. I'm kind of sad because I feel like if we didn't have any expectations, maybe we wouldn't have felt this way, but we had so many expectations. We did, we did. I still think that the amount of main characters that died versus the ones that didn't, I still think that it's unrealistic either way. Had we gone in 
without expectations, I think I would have still been like, more people should have died. Wasn't realistic for me. My discussion is that even though we hate team nurse in real life, I feel like we would totally be team nurse in a fantasy book. Well, yeah, because it's a lot cooler. It's like potions and shit. And witchcraft, like half the time. Like we would totally be team nurse on the battlefield. I cannot emphasize this enough, so I'm going to emphasize it for you one more time. Dorian and Aelin losing their powers makes me want to slit my wrists, have Gabriel mend them, and slit them again for funsies. (laughs) I think we have to leave that in there. (laughs) Trigger warning, Susie. Grippy sock. (laughs) We're not making fun of mental illness. We are mental illness. Fuck off. Keyboard warrior. Adion's name looks like the word armpit, even though it only has two letters in common. You cannot change my mind. <laughs> Did you type this? No. <laughs> so, I typed that sober as fuck. <laughs> Alid had the pregnant glow at the end. And Teresa and about to have a baby boon after this war because so many people survived. And finally, I would have loved to have more Athenries throughout all of the books. I am so intrigued by that character. He was my favorite Padre. I really like him too. Yeah. He, I feel like, had a really cool personality and I would have loved to learn more about him. All right. I wanted to do kind of like a 2021 wrap-up discussion since this is our last episode of the year. Jada, what was your favorite Throne of Glass moment? Probably Lysandra's badass magical sea dragon moment. Such a well-executed fight scene. So vivid. Everything was beautiful, like really colorful in my head. I could see all the movements, even all the characters, even though we were zoned in on only maybe like two or three. It was boss. So that was probably my favorite. That was a really good moment. I think my favorite, honestly, the one that sticks out to me the most, well, it's actually two, but it's actually the very end of Queen of Shadows when Caltaine sacrifices herself and then we immediately jump into the Aelin and Dorian moment right before they shatter the glass castle. So powerful to me. Who was your all-around favorite character? I would probably, I can't really pick a favorite character, but my top three are going to be Lorcan, Fenris, and Alid. I think my favorite was Dorian. Dorian was really cool, but man, he did not get the ending that I thought he was going to have. No, no, he didn't. But he was still my favorite character. And I really liked his whole character development throughout the entire story. Yeah. If he would have had a Avatar Aang moment before he lost his powers, I'd have been so down for that. I know. I know. Rank the books from your least favorite to your most favorite. Ooh, okay. Least favorite throne of glass, baby. You're number one. Uno on the chopping block. Sitting next to her is the assassin's blade. I don't care if it's nostalgic. Just the fact that basically Arabin was like supposed to be this villain. He's a pedophile. Also, all those characters made it too. Like none of those fuckers died either. Yeah, they all made it. Also, like don't tease me with a silent assassin. (laughs) And then do nothing about it. (laughs) Especially when they came back for what? They were silent the whole time. No final words. Next, we have Crown of Midnight because the entire first half of this series, I didn't know if I was going to make it. I really didn't. I did not know if I was going to make it. So then we have Queen of Shadows, then Air of Fire, then Tower of Dawn. No, 
then Kingdom of Ash, then Tower of Dawn, and then Empire of Storms is on top. Oh, shit. Yeah. Dumb. Dumb. Okay, what's your rank? Assassin's Blade is last. I had to force myself to read that one. So therefore it is last. Probably Throne of Glass and then Crown of Midnight. I did pull my favorite scenes from this book, but I hated 90% of it. So then Queen of Shadows, then Tower of Dawn, and then Empire Storms, then Air Fire, and then Kingdom of Ash. Air Fire was one of my favorites. Wasn't Air Fire the one where we found out they were cousins? Yeah, yeah. But I really That's why loved, it's slower for me. I forgot about that. But <laughs> I loved being in that cozy little like rundown castle with little workers. Uh, yeah, what were their names? They they also are missing. The guy who told the stories and then the little chef guy, the little ratatouille guy. Yeah, that was nice. That was a good book. I like that one. Yeah, that was a good one. Best 2021 booked and boozy moment and book. We had never laughed so hard on this podcast when we introduced the magical fart of death. (laughs) I was about to say it, but Brooke had read it and she was having an absolute fucking breakdown before it even came out of my mouth. So we just literally straight up, there's like 10 minutes of audio footage of us laughing our fucking faces off and me trying to literally say magical fart of death. And I mean, we were like barely breathing. Like I thought. <laughs> it was really good. My favorite moment, I think, is discovering moonshine and air of fire. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Moonshine is like our party trick. It is. <laughs> it's like if you want the ye and the ha, moonshine for these bitches. I think that's the one where you like went off on our listeners too. You were like, if I had a fucking PowerPoint, (laughs) I would show all of you bitches. (laughs) Oh my God. That was really funny. Actually. Now that I think about it, I'm not going to lie. All of the books that we covered, none of them are my favorite, except for obviously Air Awakens. I was thinking Air Awakens or Kingdom of the Wicked. Oh yeah, I forget Kingdom of the Wicked. That was so good. We did Kingdom of the Wicked. Did we do the first Kingdom of the Wicked in January? That was such a good book to start off on. It was, it was. Those are probably my favorite episodes too. Kingdom of the Wicked, Demon D, and That'll Make Your Pussy Throb. Mm -hmm. Those were some good ass episodes. Ice Planet Barbarians ones were good though too. Ice Planet Barbarian was a good episode. Like we were fucking wild, which is what I hope like the type of energy we will bring for Zodiac Academy. I did think I mentioned in the last episode that I thought Kingdom of Ash was my favorite read of the year. And I know you guys probably heard it and are still remembering that. And I'm talking about Kingdom of the Wicked and Air Awakens, but if it would have kept going with the same momentum that it did in the first 50% easily would have been the best read of the year. I was just disappointed by the magic loss and the lack of emotional devastation that I was anticipating and maybe that's my own fault but I don't know it fell a little short we just had too high of expectations it's okay we did yeah it's okay it happens to the best of us right guys probably (laughs) thinking that about this podcast right now (laughs) 
then finally, as Jada kind of briefly mentioned, after talking about Ice Planet Barbarians, our longer series of the year that we're going to cover for 2022 is going to be Zodiac Academy. Highly requested. It's everywhere on TikTok. They say the spice level is just out of this world. Apparently the plot is just amazing and addicting and you'll get obsessed and you can't put it down, even though it's kind of like a train wreck. You can't look away. And I'm down for that. I'm so down for that. That's the kind of energy I need in 2022. I, I'm I'm a little hesitant with how I feel so far, but I've been told to keep going. And honestly, I'm I'm willing to just ride this one out. Yeah, I am too. I did um come across a questionable quote. Holy fucking shit on a cornflake. <laughs> Holy fucking shit balls. <laughs> Fuck, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm still excited. And we will be stepping away from Sarah J. Mass for a little bit. And I think that is that will be a, a healthy, a healthy thing. <laughs> I agree. We're not actually stepping away for a little bit. Like we obviously are going to be covering Crescent City. It's like one of our <laughs> most <weeks>. requests. And <laughs> it's literally in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> was that your boba? No, it was it a good? fly. <laughs> she bought this don't go for the boba <laughs> i'm laughing so i'm beating okay <laughs> wow that fry ate in the back of my throat you manifested that <laughs> you were so paranoid at the beginning of the episode that you were gonna choke and die you said brooke you've got 76 years me i've got till the end of this podcast just jada things <laughs> <laughs> So on Instagram at Booked and Boozy Podcast, we asked you guys what you would like us to discuss on this episode. So we are going to read a few. Did Knox just disappear? I still have no idea what happened to him after he showed up for a bit. Same girl, same. Do you prefer Throne of Glasses, War to Romance Ratio, or Akatars? I love Akatar. Me too. I prefer Akatar as well. I think she really hit her stride in the Akatar series. I thought it was really good. Like, I'm just invested in all of the characters versus in this series, I'm only invested in some. There's something about Akatar that's more homey. Yeah. Well, there's a lot more sentimental moments isn't really the word that I'm looking for, but there's just these cute little homey moments in like the courts, the different courts that you go to, the scenery. It's a lot more aesthetically pleasing in my mind than the Akatar or than the Throne of Glass world. And I, I do, like you said, I feel way more attached to and I feel like I know the characters in the Akatar world better than I do in Throne of Glass. Thoughts on Aelin from the first book compared to the last? Kind of the same. Yeah. I feel like she didn't actually have character growth. <laughs> Not at all. I think I think the potential's there. Like if we did have another book or even a novella to see how she kind of changed after she went through the trauma of being kidnapped by Maeve. But even even after that, she was like, I am a god. Mm. All I could think about was when she said that was, I am become a blade. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what does that mean? Okay, so we also asked you on our Instagram some of you guys' favorite moments from the podcast from the last year. I actually really loved hearing what you guys really remember from the last year, and it helped me remember some of the moments that I also enjoyed. And it's just fun to see that you guys are enjoying this as much as we are. So let's see. Y'all singing Dorian's theme song in Queen of Shadows had me rolling. And how well did that play out for the end? God, really? I know. That's insane. We have instincts, man. No one can tell us we don't. Listening to Air of Fire and the Cousins part has me dead. 
I was dead too on the inside. This one's really sweet. This girl liked my Manon costume from Halloween. Thank you, Madeline Sauls. It was fun. One girl said, Akasif, I didn't read it, but that episode had me dead. <laughs> we also have us screaming, block it out, when Aileen couldn't keep her hands off that familiar. <laughs> All right, Jada, how drunk are you? Zero. Yeah, I'm like a like a one. How do you rate the book? <laughs> I'm going to rate Kingdom of Ash a 3.5. But I will never put that on my Goodreads if you know me. <laughs> I still give it a five. Enjoyment factor is probably a four after the last 50%. It was still a great story how everything came together at the end and wrapped up in a nice little bow. I can't fault her for telling the story in the way that she did. Well, that's a lie. There are some things here and there. But no, right. It's her creative liberty, her story. She obviously is a talented writer. We cannot take that away from her. She's very good at what she does. And there's that. What are you currently reading and watching? Currently, I am reading The Winter's Promise right now. I absolutely love the book. It is a dystopian fantasy where basically after their world had like broken apart in different pieces, they developed like different countries and like magic systems. There's arranged marriage. There's Pride and Prejudice vibes, slow burn. I love everything about it. It was also like translated from French. So I like feel really like cool and fancy like reading it. And the world building is spectacular. Spectacular. It is written beautifully. So if you don't really like those like flowery type of books, Looks like not for you, but it's it's good. It's fresh. It's like hint, a croissant. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Ah, ha, ha. And then I am watching The Great right now. What is that? So The Great is a period piece retelling where every single episode they say some of this is fact, but most of it is not. And it's essentially a comedy set up from an arranged marriage in Russia. And it's a super toxic relationship that you're following. They both want to kill each other. And it's like hysterical. Like I like was, (laughs) I kept my husband up last night because I was sitting in bed next to him watching it on the iPad. And he said, I would not shut the fuck up the entire night. And then it also has Elle Fanning in it. And she's an amazing actor. I am currently reading Zodiac Academy. I started it today. I kind of stopped my other books. I might pick them back up, but right now I'm just focusing on Zodiac Academy. I know our Discord is going to be reading Vampire Academy together as well, and I'm trying to decide if I want to try and balance Zodiac Academy and Vampire Academy. <laughs> you probably could. I know, but I think they're very similar. We'll see. Uh, still watching Gilmore Girls and... Sailor Moon. If you want to find us on Instagram, we are at Booked and Boozy Podcast. We've done a lot of promo for that social. I'm not going to expand any further. Check us out on Booked and Boozy Podcast. We are Booked and Boozy Pod on TikTok. We are Booked and Boozy on Twitter and Patreon. And Patreon is how you get access to our Discord. And you can always catch us at Booked and Boozy at gmail.com. Bye, bitch. Bye, bitch.